0: Hey, this is Tolly Wilkes of Captivate Church and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. So uh, I have a confession that I want to start out with and uh, that's not very uncommon for those of you that are checking us out. Um, I, I have the things that I have to confess once in a while and uh, one of those is that when I was a teenager, Uh, I used to, I had an uncle and a stepfather who both were truck drivers. And so when I was a a young person, I I had access to the CB radios. You guys know what a CB radio is? Yeah, terrible place for a teenager. Uh, Because on the CB essentially is it's shortwave radio. And so you can kind of catch, you know, truckers as they're driving by. And the house I'd lived at the time was in Ellicott City. And there were a couple of major uh, thoroughfares, a couple of major highways that were pretty close Um, within distance of my little CB radio at the house and so for for fun and uh, I don't recommend this for young people in the room but for fun uh, I would get on there and I would just start messing with the guys as they're driving by and I would just tell them about accidents that weren't there I would make fun of their trucks I couldn't see their trucks I was I was two miles away (laughs) but I would make fun of them and so then some guys would get really worked up like they just who is this who is this and and so I would tell them I'd be like hey I'm, I would make up some kind of name. I'd be like, this is my handle. And uh, and they'd be like, go over to the channel. Go over to channel 16 or whatever it might be. And uh, so I'd click over there and then they'd start to fuss. And then I would effectually hang up on them because I'd just flip back the frequency over to the other channel. And so uh, I, I toyed around with, with these guys and made their life miserable for about a minute and a half as they're driving by um, my, my house. But it was that frequency change. It was that movement. Um, you guys might relate more to uh, the frequency on the old dial radios, right? Um, If you're over 40, you may not even know what I'm talking about. But believe it or not, there were these radios that you had to turn the dial and it would move the dial to the left or to the right to get your station. Uh, You couldn't just punch in a number. That number means something. That number is actually the frequency of the radio station. So you would turn it and turn it until you got it right. And then the worst part is that if you were ever kind of moving if you were in a vehicle sometimes you'd have to tune it in even more so that's why the expression tune in your radio you'd have to fine tune it and so here's the thing with with us in life uh, there are so many noises and so so many um calling so much noise that fill our lives from the time that we're children we have the the, the noise the healthy noise the good noise prayerfully of of mom and dad and, and, and our parents. And then we have the noise when we're introduced to other kids and we realize there's other people. And then we realize there's other adults and those other adults sometimes have different opinions than our own family. And so over and then all of a sudden you, you turn up and you, you turn on the TV and you see, hey, there's there are commercial noises. There are noises that want me to pull and buy and they say my teeth aren't white enough or straight enough or my hair's not good enough or I need this kind of shampoo. And so all of these noises. And so as you're and, and today, you have the noises of social media that are constant and unrelenting. Um, but there's all these noises that come in. And uh, similarly, in our lives, these frequencies that are that are kind of filling our lives, we have to decide, am I going to tune in to the noise that I'm hearing? Am I going to tune in to that voice? Am I going to tune in to that person? Am I going to tune in to that temptation? Am I going to tune in or am I going to tune in to the The voice, the frequency of the Holy Spirit. I want you to take a look at this graphic. This is the United States frequency allocations chart. This is the radio spectrum. So essentially, uh, all of these little dashes and lines, they all represent different frequencies that have been assigned to particular groups. And so you have up there the AM radio at, at the top. You have uh, up there, the, the TV broadcast frequency, the FM radio frequency, cellular towers, cellular frequency, Wi-Fi. If you want to get online, that's the frequency that's assigned to it. You have uh, the, the equivalent bandwidth of different areas, the 60 gigahertz. And even in here, uh, sometimes for our technology to work properly, we deal with frequency issues that are overlapping. And so the, the government has had to make some changes to help assign more frequency to uh, bandwidth, to be able to, um, for cellular data and for you to be able to have good um, internet connection frequency, right? But the beautiful thing is that the frequencies, they're happening all around you right now. You can't see them, touch them, taste them, but they're every bit provable. They're every bit verifiable. They are every bit present right here in this room. And with the right receptor, you're going to be able to pick up many different frequencies that are flying around you right in this moment. And so your cell phone, your cell phone is tapped in. If you have a a radio, it is tapped in. You could um, tune using a radio and find the various frequencies that are all coming into this room at this moment. But, without the antenna up, without an awareness of where to tune in, without a receptacle that can receive the transmission, You could be in the same room with somebody who's listening to a radio station through their handheld radio. And you could be sitting in the very next chair and you would have no idea that that frequency exists. It's all around you. It's ubiquitous. And yet, you have no idea about the signal that's being sent. This is similar to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God cries out to every human being all across the world. In Romans 1 verse 20, the Scripture says that, that, that we are without excuse to being tuned into God. Because God is constantly, even through His creation, He's making Himself known. And so you and I, the Holy Spirit of God, is present and available, but if you and I are not receptacles to be able to tune into the frequency, and if you and I, even if we are viable receptacles, if we are not tuned in to the sound of the Holy Spirit, you will nigh will not hear the message that he brings and This is the difference between somebody who says, "You know what i don 't just proclaim Christ in church but yet feel dead inside. I, I proclaim Christ." And I hear the Holy Spirit's voice. I'm constantly trying to teach my children that when they come and they're just like, my, my daughter came to me a few weeks ago and she, she confessed some things. She said, hey, Daddy, when this and that happened, that, that's not true. What I said wasn't true. And I, and I said, what, what's, what made you come to me? And she's like, I just... I just felt bad about it. I just, I just believed that it wasn't right for me to tell you that. Now listen, I, I'm not around our house. I, I, some, I probably need to be a lot better of a dad. You would think, hey, he's the pastor and so he's probably like, every single day at three o'clock and six o'clock and nine o'clock doing Bible studies with his kids, right? No, like it, it, it's not happening that way. What's happening is, is that they see and they hear and they, they, they over, um, overhear us talking and growing with others. And of course, we check in and have conversations. But, but the point is, is that nobody was talking to my daughter before she came to confess. There was no audible voice. There was no adult. There was no Sunday school teacher. There, there was no, no, no one else. And so when she came and she, I said, what prompted you? And she said, I don't know. I just, I just felt like I needed to confess. I said, that's the sound of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. You've confessed Him. You know Him to be true. You love the Lord. And when you're outside of the frequency, you felt it. When when your life had taken you away from what God wanted, you felt it. And so I'm trying to nurture in my daughter that, hey, that's a good thing. That's that's God bringing you back. That's God correcting. And And I said, um, hey, you're punished for two years. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, relax. No, I, I, I just say, hey, you know what? I'm so glad and so I just gave her a hug and no big deal, we're moving on with life. But I want you to learn that, that, that when the Holy Spirit speaks, you should listen. Now here's the thing. We have the voice of the Holy Spirit, we have the noise of the Holy Spirit, but we have the noise of the whole world. And yet we have this thing inside of us, this yearning for happiness. Blaise Pascal once wrote this. He said, all men seek happiness... And in today's culture, we have to say men and women, not men, plural, all of us, okay? So, but everyone seeks happiness. This is without exception. Whatever different means they would employ, they all tend to this end. The cause of someone going off to war and, the, and of others avoiding it is the same desire in both. Attended with different views, they will never... The will never takes the least step but to this object. This is the motive of every action, of every man, of even those who hang themselves. Blaise Pascal talks, he's talking about this idea that you and I we're, we're like moths to a flame when it comes to happiness. We just want to be happy. We just want to have joy. And so as a result, his illustration is, hey, some people, in order to find happiness, they feel like they have to go to battle to be able to protect their homeland. They feel like that that's, there's really no choice. To have happiness, I must, I must have battle. And now other people say, no, 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 I'm going to be a pacifist. And, and to be happy, I need to run far, far, far away from any kind of battle. And so as a result, both people, they want the same thing they want the same joy they want the same happiness he even goes further and says everybody's looking for happiness even those who would commit suicide they're looking for happiness because what they're dealing with now is so painful and so big and so hurtful they're looking for happiness and so in this world sending you all types of noise all types of signals all all types of transmissions coming into your mind, and with your inward desire to seek after happiness, your question becomes not will you seek happiness, not will you listen to frequencies or noise, the question will be, who am I tuning into? What frequency will I set my life so that I can hear from the one that matters most? Everyone desires happiness. But if we miss happiness... We settle for comfort. Everyone seeks after happiness, but if we can't have happiness, we'll settle for comfort. How many of you know know somebody that when they were younger, they were chasing a dream, they were chasing a desire, they were going to be somebody, they were going to do something, and then over time, life just beat them up and beat them up and beat them up, and all of a sudden, they settled for comfort. Whether or not you would agree with that comfort, the fact is is that they've settled for comfort. They've settled for some kind of an ordinary life or they've settled for some kind of of comfort thing that would come into their lives. People tune into many frequencies for comfort. Check out some of these frequencies you'd be familiar with about what people look for for comfort. People go for the big ones. The big ones we would all say, oh yeah, I totally understand. That person's going the alcohol abuse. They're seeking comfort in in abusing alcohol. They're seeking comfort maybe in in drug addiction. A person who's addicted to substance, we would say, oh man, that's so sad. They're seeking comfort by looking and, and using that drug. And they always need to have that next high in order to find their new normal. And the challenge is with addiction is that what got you um, excited and joyful and high before, all of a sudden you have to increase the amount to get that same level because your body is constantly fighting it off. And so what happens is a person goes from trying once to trying twice to trying three and upping, 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 upping until they overdose, until they're they're hurt, until they're no more. And so what happens is, is it's a pursuit, but it's a pursuit that you and I can all relate to. This is not some kind of other thing. Because your, your comfort seeking might not be in the, quote, big ones. You might say, well, I'm not addicted to alcohol. I'm not addicted to a drug. I don't pop pills. But maybe there are some other ones that you might not consider big ones. Maybe these are common comforts for you. And here's the reason I'm telling you this today. Because you might not be in the, quote, big ones. But if you're seeking comfort in anywhere, anyone else, anywhere else but the comforter. The Holy Spirit of God then you'll always be falling short of what God's called you to. You'll always be falling short of God's greatest gift given to you, which is the fact that you're not alone. And so my plea to you today is that there are transmission signals all around. There are frequencies all around. But who are you tuning your life into? Maybe some of the common ones. Let's look at some of the common comforts that you might be up against. The common comforts are are, are shopping. You ever go out and say, man, I'm just feeling terrible today. I'm going to go ahead and buy something for myself. Right? and We joke about it, but it's true. Because there's a little hit of dopamine that happens inside of your body. There's a, there's a little bit of excitement. I got a new thing. Or, or hey, today it's even worse because you could do one-click shopping with Amazon. You could feel totally fulfilled. And be like, You get two hits of dopamine. Like the time when you buy and the time when it shows up on your front door. And you're like, woo, got a present. Now in our house, our house must be filled with dopamine. Because every single day I wake up and I see a box outside. And I'm like, Christy, what did we buy? But shopping... Eating. Oh, by the way, having a dog, a whole nother reason to use Amazon. It's absolutely insane. Uh, shopping, uh, eating. I've, I've had so many people that come to me and, and they, they would confess like seriously, um, dead serious, honest in their transparency. They will say, you know what? I didn't get addicted to alcohol. I didn't get addicted to a, a known substance of a drug. But my addiction, my comfort came From eating. From eating. Because again, the the, the feeling that we get, comfort. That's why we have a whole expression of comfort food. What do we do when we're needing comfort? How about procrastinating? We've made jokes about this, but the reality is some of us will put off. You have a bill that's there. You have a bill that keeps coming. It's stressful, so you just ignore it. And I can't tell you how many people that I've met that, that that have big issues in life they don't want to tackle because they're so afraid of the reality. So they ignore it and ignore it and ignore it and ignore it until it becomes overwhelming. And, and then at that point, it's man, it's like, well, too late. It's burying me. Instead of 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 attacking the issues, instead of going head on, they've they've decided to procrastinate and put it off. But we're in a process, the second law of thermodynamics is always that. Things will regress, not progress. Things will get worse. Things will go into a state of disrepair, not a state of repair on their own. And as a result, in our life, it works the same. You and I, when we leave things alone, when we ignore things that we need to tackle head on, ultimately they end up getting worse, not better. But people procrastinate in a way to be comforted. How about deflecting? Instead of looking at the ugliness that's in my heart or maybe behavior that I've had towards someone else, I'll deflect. I'll say, well, no, no, I don't need to address that because it's not me, it's them. You don't know what they did to me. You you don't know what they said. You weren't there when it happened. And so I'm going to deflect. And so the way I can remain comfortable is that I don't have to admit that I'm broken. I don't have to admit that I have faults. I don't have to admit that I hurt other people. The way I remain comfortable is I deflect. And like Captain America with a shield, I just stand there and I just deflect to others. You and I, we do that. How about self-harm? When I was a um my first um youth pastorate role, I came across self harm for the first time when I was going through high school. I never saw it but then I became a youth pastor and I started to work with it was especially at that time young women who were cutting themselves and quickly I had to learn that that self harm for a lot of people, it, it happens because they can at least in, in some regard of their life have a sense of control and they can at least in some place see some healing happen. And so the scars are kind of lethargic to to be able to get through whatever it is they're going through. And so what they were they were listening to was the the frequency of the noise that just said, hey, you're not you're not worth it. Harm yourself. Um, how about pornography? Pornography is something we don't ever talk about anymore. Because it's so pervasive, there are so many people that are wrapped up in it and caught up in it that nobody wants to speak about it. But there's a lot of comfort going on being wrapped up into pixels on a screen. How about just good old-fashioned sexual relationships? How many people are, are trying to find comfort in the arms of another? One night stands, hookups. Tinder, grinder effectually saying hey you're you're not really worth it. You don't have to know me tomorrow, but just go ahead and and get hooked up. Go ahead and get this emotion, this rush, feel good about yourself for a moment. Don't worry about the consequences right now. How about hoarding? People have challenges with detachment and and getting rid of things. sometimes it becomes because they were they were so poor at one point or or Sometimes they they just feel attachment. And so as a result, they just keep things that are unnecessarily, but they they build it up because it's their way of having comfort. And so all these ways and sleeping. Sometimes people just just get depressed, discouraged, and they just don't come out of their room. And and so they they just sleep life away. Listen, I'll tell you, on this list or other items, there are you have friends, you have family that are finding comfort in things that are not helpful to them. And here's what I want to do is I want to introduce you to the comforter today. You have to turn the dial. You have to turn the dial. If you find yourself locked up in comfort from someplace other than the Holy Spirit, turn the dial today. Get tuned in to the Holy Spirit. Here's the key verse today. I'm pulling it out of King James because I love the way that the, the um, language reads. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. John 16:7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. This was Jesus. His disciples didn't want him to leave. He said, hey, I got to go away. For, for if I don't go away, the comforter, everybody say the comforter, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Him being a person. Let me introduce you to the comforter this morning. The comforter is God. It's one third of of the Trinity, the Spirit of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so the Comforter is the Spirit of God that's given to you and to me to do what? To comfort. The role of the Holy Spirit has different facets and we'll talk about that in the next few weeks. But today, focus in on the comforter. The fact that why are, we, why are we tuning in to the frequency of finding comfort in all these places when the Holy Spirit of God wants to be our comfort? How do I tap into the Holy Spirit of God who wants to comfort me? God literally wants to walk with me, live with me, live in me, take up residence in me and give me comfort every day of my life. Why am I chasing all these other things to give me comfort? Why do I need to get comfort from a person? Why do I need to get comfort from a substance? Why do I need to get comfort from deflection or food or whatever it is shopping why am i getting comfort from other places it's because i'm not satisfied with who i am and then you have a god of the universe who says you know what not only am i the father who sent the son but i'm the son who sent the spirit and the spirit is there to live with you forever and to walk with you forever and give you wisdom and joy and peace and comfort And so you and I, as Christ followers, we can't be satisfied with just, hey, I know the Father, and I'm glad Jesus died. We've got to introduce ourselves fresh and anew to the Spirit of God as our comforter, as our peace. Let me tell you about the Spirit of God. He's all-loving. The best comfort comes from someone who loves you. It is great to have a stranger say, I'm feeling bad and I'm sorry. But you know what's amazing? You know what, what makes you feel full? It's when it's someone who knows you and loves you already. When they come and they say, their words have power because when they say, Tali, I love you. All of the weight of who they are and all the fact that they know me comes flooding to the front. To have a stranger say, hey, I feel bad for you. I love you. Has very little weight. But your God is all loving. He knows you completely. In fact, he's all knowing You can be honest with the Holy Spirit of God with what you're going through because He already knows what hurts. You might not feel comfortable to go to your spouse yet. You might not feel comfortable to go to your best friend yet. I had a best friend that battled addiction for 10 years. And for 10 years, wouldn't confess, wouldn't speak that to me. And for 10 years, would hide and and not try to play it up in front of me, but we would go back and in silence because of shame and fear and guilt. Would not even talk to me, but you know there is one that you could talk to when you're when you're going through pain there's one who already knows everything he's all- knowing, and he's all loving you don't have to hide. tell God what hurts he's all powerful there's nothing too big for the comforter to handle there's nothing too big you You say you've got an issue, a challenge you can't get over it you don't know the pain's too great there's nothing that's too big for the spirit of God to handle. You can talk to him, you can take it to him. He's all personal. There's no one-size-fits-all solution with the Spirit of God. You can go to God and know that He's going to speak to you right where you are. And when you're listening to the Spirit of God, when you're tuned into the frequency of the Spirit of God, you can listen because He's going to say to you your name. He's going to say to you your situation. He's going to say to you what you're going through. He's going to say to you what, what is relevant for you to hear. He's not going to give you a prescription that was meant for somebody else. So when you hear from the Spirit of God, you can act on it because you know that it's personal. You know that it's for you. Too often times we kind of blanket read stuff for other people. But you know what? If you just go to the Spirit of God and you confess whatever it is you're going through, whatever pain you have and cry out to Him, the Spirit of God will give you not a one-size solution, but a your-size solution. Some of us today, we need our-size solution for what we're going through. And He's all near. He's all personal, but He's all near. You never have to call for Him. I want you to understand this. You never have to call for the Holy Spirit. You simply call on the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is with you. If you've confessed yourself to be a Christ follower already, the Spirit of God is with you right now. You are sealed by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God has taken up residency in your life. You do not have to call for Him. It is not as though the enemy wants to lie to you and make you believe that what you have to do is you have to cry out for the Spirit to come. Let me tell you something. That is a lie from the pits of hell. You don't have to call for Him. He's already there. You simply call on Him. You simply say, Spirit of God, today I don't know how I'm going to get through. Spirit of God, this is what pains me. Spirit of God, this is what I feel in my soul. Spirit of God, this is the lie that I've been believing about my life. I need you, Holy Spirit, right now. You don't have to call for Him and hope that He listens. Too many people got their theology mixed up to where they feel like they just need to cry out somewhere into the ether and ask for God to help. No, no, no. He's already there. You don't have to call for Him. You just need to call on Him. He's your comforter. He's your peace. I want to read through and give some instruction before we close. As you think about the comforter in your life, the Holy Spirit of God in your life, let's read the rest of that passage. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper, the comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. When the comforter comes, with the comforter comes conviction. When I, when I initially study this, what hits you right away is just to say, hold on now, <laughs> I thought this message was about the comforter. When I think of conviction, I don't think of comfort. It makes me uncomfortable. What I want is I want the part of God that just tells me it's all going to be okay. I want the part of God that just says, hey, Tolly, everything you think is correct. Don't you know, Tolly? you've got it all together all the time. It's those people that have the issue to work through. And so what we do is we say, oh, I, I, don't, I don't, no, 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 I, I, I just, can I get a full helping of comfort and I'll uh, skip the conviction, please. Right? Like we're ordering off a menu. That's how we treat God. We're like, God, I want everything that makes me feel good. I want none of things that ask me to change. But it's the things that he's asking you to change that are bringing about the feeling bad for which you need to ask him to help you feel good. So what kind of God would it be who just only brings the comfort all the time and never brings any conviction? And so here's Jesus saying, hey, no, no, it's good. I'm going to be gone, but I'm sending you the comforter. I'm sending you the Spirit of God to fall on you. And when the Spirit of God falls on you, you're going to be sealed in me with Him. And when He comes, what comes with Him is conviction of some things. Why in the world do comfort and conviction come together, even though they seem they don't go together, the answer is the whole of the gospel. The whole of the gospel. The whole gospel has to be preached. The whole part, everything. Charles Spurgeon said it this way in a sermon I read. He's noted as the prince of preachers. Most people in the theological world, they look to him and just say, that dude was eloquent. And so Charles Spurgeon said this, God will never divide the gospel. He will not give justification to that man and sanctification to another Pardon to one and holiness to another. No, it all goes together. Whom He calls, them He justifies. Whom He justifies, then He sanctifies. And whom He sanctifies, then He also glorifies. You see, you don't understand how sweet the good news is until you've received the bad news. You don't recognize the power in a healing until you've dealt with the tears of the pain. As I look out and I walk life with many of you, there are hospital visits where we're crying out to God because we don't know the outcome. There are tears hitting the floor in prayer over people. The celebration can only match the pain that it took to go to get there. And so it's no wonder that in your life when you cry out for the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God may comfort you but also may correct you. And say, hey, I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But you've got some growing up to do. You've got some things that you're relying on that are not of me. You've got some people that you need to weed out of your world because they're drawing you down. They're hurting you. And you and I have to be sensitive enough to let the comforter come to us and comfort us in the moment but correct us or convict us forever. When pain is self-inflicted, the comforter's greatest gift is conviction. When pain is self-inflicted, the comforter's greatest gift is conviction. Here's the three things that the Spirit of God has promised to give us. Conviction. Conviction of sin, which means the Comforter, the Spirit of God will call on you to call on Jesus as your Savior. If you have never trusted Christ as Savior, then you don't have a place in your soul for the Spirit of God. It's like a person having a radio with an earbud, and you sit right next to them and you don't have a radio. The, The presence of the Spirit of God is for those who have trusted in the Spirit of God to save them through Jesus. And so convicting of sin means that if you're in that world, the Spirit of God wants you to trust in Jesus. Stop being God. Let God be God. He's pretty good at it. But then it says not only the conviction of sin, the conviction of righteousness. Meaning we call on Christ Jesus as our rightness. Do you rely on yourself? Comfort comes from trusting in Jesus' finished work. Much of our struggles come from carrying on God's burdens. Here's what I mean. Your, your righteousness is because you and I, a lot of times when we're down, a lot of times when we run to a, a drug or an alcohol or food or shopping or hoarding or whatever, when we're running to all these things, it is a cry to say, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel complete right now. I don't feel whole right now. And so I'm running to some other things to either numb it or dull it or help me forget about it. But I'm not full. And the Spirit of God cries out to you and says, you know what? I not only give you salvation by trusting in Jesus, but I am your rightness. I am your fulfillment. I am your completeness. Meaning when you have the Spirit of God in you, there is no challenge to overcome. There is no brokenness that you cannot speak of. You can say, I am weak. But in my weakness, what? He is strong. He is your righteousness. You don't have to feel righteous on your own. And that is a false pretense that many of us carry. We are trying to carry the God burden of not being holy, not being filled, not being complete. Guess what? In your flesh, you are not filled. You are not holy. You are not complete. So stop trying to carry a burden that says you have to live up to a standard God has never asked you to. What God has asked you to do is confess the fact that you're broken and let Him fill the void. Let the Spirit of God make you whole. And so many of us, we are running out to other, listening and tuning in to other frequencies. Instead of tuning into the Spirit of God who says to you this, you are whole. You are enough. You are valuable. You are somebody. You are worth it. Value is determined by what the price someone is willing to pay, and Jesus was willing to pay for you with his very blood. When you and I decry that we're not valuable as a Christian, what we're saying is the blood of Jesus wasn't enough. And so the Spirit of God is there to remind you, no, 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 you're invaluable. You're priceless. Because the matchless blood of Jesus has been shed for you. You are good enough. And then thirdly, the conviction of sin, the conviction of righteousness, but the conviction of judgment. We call on Jesus as our advocate. Satan is your accuser. The Bible describes Satan as the accuser. But Jesus as our advocate. The judge of this world will be no more. In short, stop being so hard on yourself. Some of us are running to things to find comfort. Because we're hard on ourselves. Our inadequacies creep up we're reminded of when we were a child, someone told told us that we weren't enough. We did a behavior. We committed a sin. And we haven't been able to shake it ever since then. We've embraced the fallen person that we were. And so we've never been able to shake that. We've never been able to rid our minds of the fact that we are that broken. And there are so many people I meet who confess, Pastor, I just feel disgusting. I feel broken. I can never shake this from myself. And the reality is, is that by saying that, you're saying, hey, I feel judged. But by trusting in Jesus, all of that judgment fell on Him. I got news for you. There is no judgment left. If you're under the blood of Jesus, if you have trusted Jesus to save you, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so the conviction of sin comes to say, hey, you need to trust Jesus. The the conviction of righteousness is, hey, live right. Not in order to be approved, but because you are approved, you live righteous. And judgment, it's, hey, you know what? The judgment fell on Jesus. You need to live in joy. He's the vine. You're the branch. Stay connected. Stay close. Walk with Him. Apart from Him, you could do nothing. But in Him, you can be everything God designed you to be. We need to call on the Comforter today. Whatever your burden, I want you to know today, you have the Comforter of God. The gift of Jesus is that He'll never leave you or forsake you. You can go to the Holy Spirit today for the comfort that you're looking for. And you can confess to someone who loves Jesus that you need the Comforter. I promise you this, church, if you will run to Jesus, He will give you rest. He will give you rest.